Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. So we start our next five interviews tonight. And this is a very different type of of interview in the fact that the creative the, the what is created by this group is different than probably almost anything you've ever heard as a game yes or as someone guaranteed who games. guaranteed and this one was we don't use last names because we don't want to embarrass other people but our friend eric um was the one who um introduced us to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. kudos to you eric for yeah, doing thank that. you and we, we appreciate it. So what are we talking about? We're talking about mythic thunder loot. And yes. that is not something that's something that I shouldn't be talking about without getting an explicit flag on the podcast. This is literally, and I'm going to oversimplify it. And then oh, Jace, you can, everyone, you that can... was Brad attempting to be funny. Just for clarification. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Thank <laughs> okay. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'm normally the one that has to do that for your jokes. So it's. it's... Yeah. Go on. That's appropriate. Um, Sorry, I'm just looking at your coffee mug. Um, So take... No, I lost track of what I was going to say. Well, okay, let me help you out here. No, 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 no. no. I I know what you're going to say. So Mythic Thunderloop is taking the idea of a role-playing game. Mm -hmm. And obviously, for many of you, you watch, you know, you've seen some critical role and things like that where there are some very experienced actors and voice actors who can really put on a show and if you've watched any um of vox machina on amazon yeah that's that's based off of critical roles first um in effect first adventure or point or like, being is is that it, go ahead. no i was just gonna say it, mm-hmm. take that creativity and now turn it into a theatrical performance, and, including music. And turn it up a big notch. Yeah. Right. Because these aren't just the 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 minds and voices behind Mythic Thunderlute aren't voice actors. These are no. theater people, right? These are 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 active, professional actors. Professional actors, professional, right. And, yeah. So yeah based and and how this came to how how we came to find out about it through eric was that um some of the cast had some connections and did some work at one of the local repertory theaters in yep, the area right you know yep. and they've been all over the country individually yes yeah and mm-hmm. so when you when you listen to this we'll get them into talking about the production and the work it takes to put it together um yeah and what listen to this and then go listen to an episode because you, you won't you're gonna get hooked you, you won't truly appreciate the work and what they do without listening to an episode so we we should specify here that that the subtitle and you'll hear about this because we talk about it it is mythic thunderloot colon a dnd podcast musical and everything yeah. i just said there is intentional and they they favored us with with an explanation as as i said to them 
off air, and I mean this with a great deal of affection, uh, Mythic Thunderloot is the most stupidly creative thing I have ever heard. And what I mean by that is it is the wildest mashup I have ever encountered. I don't know how they got there. And well, I guess we do know now, Brad, because we asked them, how did you possibly connect the dots for something like this? But like you said, the the acting is hilarious. The music is first rate. Like I feel like I have more theater in my life because I listen to this podcast. This is the only podcast. There haven't been that many episodes. They're preparing season two right now. Um, uh, by the time this episode releases, uh, it's our understanding we'll have at least gotten something from them in the interim, all of us, uh, maybe an interim episode of sorts. Uh, but, but it's so wonderfully creative. This is the only podcast I've ever thought in earnest, I think I want to start again from the beginning and listen because it was that engrossing and just that much fun. Um, and you know, folks, it, you know, and, and as much, I, we know a lot of you have wanted to do that very thing with our podcast where you've wanted to go back yes, and both of the episodes listen, to which you've listened. Yes. And, and, right. and all five of you have wanted to listen to them again in order. Right. Um, humor aside on this this is definitely worth a full listen to oh yeah you will hear you know the personalities of jake and michael on the mm -hmm. call and you know you'll be able to get a feel for for just how dynamic this is and again listen to jake and michael then listen to our outro obviously because we want to talk and we and we want you to listen because we spent the time recording it but then go and download and listen to the first couple episodes because it is oh, unlike yeah. any role-playing stream podcast vidcast twitch whatever it's truly unique it's, it's it's truly unique it's yeah. truly unique it's very narrative driven honestly you don't even need to enjoy role-playing or dnd to really enjoy what they're doing but but if you do it'll make it all the more interesting so with that let's get into it mythic thunderloot includes the talent of jake blauk michael doherty lillian castillo leia Cotto, and steve gudalunas we had the pleasure of speaking with jake and michael jake blauk is a philly-based actor songwriter voiceover artist and future president of the united states he has performed in theaters across the Philadelphia region and even a couple of times in Delaware. In addition to his career as an actor, his songwriting and musical projects include his parody band Jawbone Junction, which aims to give Southern rock the spinal tap treatment. His original musical, Something Like a War, was commissioned by 11th Hour Theater Company and received a showcase reading in 2019. For his turn in their production of See What I Want to See, he won the Barrymore Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Musical. He lives in South Philly with his true love, his wife Sophia, and her true love, their dog Teddy, and cats Tobias and sister Aliosius. Michael Doherty is an East Coast-based actor, writer, and comedian. 
He has participated in nearly 50 theatrical productions across the country, including productions at 59E59 Theaters, Berkeley Repertory Theater, Utah Shakespeare Festival, Milwaukee Repertory Theater, Cleveland Playhouse, Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park, Connecticut Repertory Theater, the Wilma Theater, and more. His television pilot, Los Jarochos, won Best Writing at the 2013 Independent TV Festival. Michael is a published educational researcher in an ongoing collaboration with the University of Denver, studying the thought processes of professional actors. In 2019, he married fellow actor and best friend Alex Kuyper during preview week for The Nerd at Milwaukee Rep. I don't even know how best to introduce uh, the two gentlemen we have on today because... Uh-huh. Um, this was, this was a fascinating one. Eric, we, you know, we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button, a dear friend of ours, Eric, who actually has listened to one of our episodes. Cause he commented on it. Yeah. Do we think that was by accident? Hey, yeah. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. He, he's, he's the one. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's the one that, um, mentioned, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say the group here in a second, but mentioned your podcast to us. And yep. so we both jumped on and started listening because it, it was theater, music, D&D all together. And um, we were hooked. So thanks to Eric for um, introducing us to Mythic Thunderloot. Best name ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, based out of the East, but there are some, I think what caught Eric's attention is there are some Midwest connections because he yeah. is a big right. um, theater buff. So Eric, yeah. you have to listen to this episode because it's, it's uh, we've mentioned your name more than once. So <laughs> we have Jake Blauk and Michael Doherty on yeah. with us today. Welcome, this gentlemen. Is the, Hello. Yeah, Thank this you. is the first time that we have more than yeah. one yeah, so I'm going to go. So we'll yeah. have balance. So we, we, right. we hope this lets the 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 uh, hilarity may ensue now. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, oh we're, we're going to bring it, baby. Yeah, good. <laughs> have, good. Having, having, I've had to listen. I've had to deal with Jason's humor for yeah. 30 years, and it's not. It's, it's not, It hasn't gotten better. There. Right. No. <laughs> having <laughs> having binged your your podcast to your your production, we have a good sense of just how funny you gentlemen and your whole troupe are. Oh, I mean, we, oh my God. we laugh. We laugh a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of how well it translates at times, I think we are always having a good time. You know? It yeah. certainly sounds like it. So, <laughs> so for for those listeners who have the misfortune of not having actually heard Mythic Thunder Loot before, how would you describe it? Oh, Michael, you give a very nice spiel. Do you want to spiel? Okay, sure, I'll spiel. Um, so I sort of, it's a, our subtitle is a, a D&D podcast musical. Mm-hmm. And the reason we say that and not a yep. musical D&D podcast mm-hmm. is because it is a piece of musical theater. Mm-hmm. In that, after we record our D&D sessions over Zoom, we then turn it into a musical. That is to say the songs uh, for the most part, are designed to move the plot forward. So we take uh, three moments in every session and we turn them into songs. And it could be a moment where it's centered around a medieval rock band. It could be a moment where the band is performing a song for uh, the entertainment of the other characters, or it could be a musical theater number where uh, the characters are not hearing it as a song, but we get the enjoyment of hearing it performed as a musical number, even though it was just an argument or a fight sequence or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we add sound effects 
original underscoring, three songs per episode, a special guest that we highlight, usually a performer that wants to promote something. They voice one of the NPCs. And there you have this uh, like hour-ish long uh, musicalized D&D session. I, I was gonna. I was spiel. gonna. Nice, yeah. Good spiel. I was gonna ask you about that because I noticed it's not a musical podcast. It. it mm-hmm. So I was. I was wondering if that was intentional. Yeah, that, we, yeah. we we yeah. we squinted over that for a while. Yeah, uh, the placement of that word musical and like what it means to be to be a musical thing and to be a thing that is a musical. You know. Right. So how long does it? Well, I, well I've got a bunch of questions. Uh, how long does it take you? to produce a single episode from start to finish? Well, <laughs> strap in, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I mean, it, it, it take, you, we would say it takes about a month, right? I would, yeah, I would say about a month. Yeah, it takes about a month. Wow. You know, we, we record everything so far in advance, but once we finally get to what we call post-production. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. From, from the moment that we start writing songs Mike starts his his edit where he takes these sessions, which are usually about I mean what and like ninety, 90 minutes, minutes at to least. two hours, yeah, yeah, and shrinks right. it down to right. about forty. Yep. Um, which you add musical numbers into that, it usually bumps it back up to about fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. By the time we've why, he's pared everything down in the edit, Alex Kuiper, his wife, and our our. Uh, our dear friend and uh, one of our uh, producers at Sound Effects, and then Dan Kazimi and I start writing the um, the songs for it. By the time we're done with that, I mean it's it. And then we, of course we got to record the songs. Um, yeah, yeah, it we, takes about a month. We actually oh, yeah. just built a new kind of production schedule that actually gives us two months to make each part of a single episode, but wow. each two month cycle overlaps with the previous one. So we'll be working. Okay. So like my month looks like I'm going to finish the rough cut of the episode. And then I'm going to start my work on episode two at the end of that month and then finish up at the top of the next month. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So my, my, Oh, go ahead, Jace. No, I was was just going to ask. So, so given the future tense here, we can look forward to another season. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually writing. So we we dropped season what we call season 1.0, which is uh-huh. the first half of our first season, uh, which is nine episodes. There's another nine coming. I uh, started writing episode 10 today. Oh, OK. Improper. This just very the, day? Mm-hmm. Not just the series or not just the season Bible, but the actual episode like dialogue from the NPCs and that. Kind and of then thing. is this going to be like season one five? Yeah, this will be yeah. season 1.5 oh, and then it would be season So it's going to be like Battlestar Galactica. We'll just have to buy It'll every like small small thing of DVDs and spend three times as much. Great. Great. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a musical and turn it into like nerd TV Battlestar Galactica. Oh man, right. baby. You know, oh, no, no, hey, it's, yeah. So I'm I'm like the I'm like the guy in Scanners where my head's going to explode just yeah. cuz I have lots of questions and I'm a nerd, but um not in that order. Okay. Well, no, not in that order. Uh, Jake, you said you actually, you work on doing the writing of the music then. Yes. I was going to yes. ask about that. And do you all then record, obviously separately than the, from the game itself, you record the music, I'm assuming. Do you still do it remotely, Zoom-like, yeah. or do you do it? How do you do that now? Oh, well, uh, so usually what will happen, at, at least from 
Oh, from my from my point of view is I'll make like a base, a very, very basic demo track that's usually like one very basic guitar track. And I'll make sure that everything's in place, um, that it um, it fits in with any dialogue that so the four of us will work, the four producers will work together collaboratively to make sure that um, the music and the dialogue and everything is in place. Um, and so I'll make I'll make a uh, a demo track that that leaves space, of course, for the lyrics, but also leaves any space that we need for uh, interstitial dialogue. And then usually what we'll do is I or and and Dan basically does this too. Um, Dan and or I will sing the each of everybody's parts in the track, uh, and yeah. then we'll send it out to our singers so that they can start working on that, and then. As that's happening, I'll start layering in different instruments and uh, we'll also um, we'll get Steve, who plays Roscoe Chubb, who also actually drums on all the tunes. Uh, we'll get him into the studio uh, and uh, he'll record drum tracks and then we kind of put everything together and Dan uh, masters it and yeah and adds we, like a can I can I curse on this pod? Do whatever you want. A, a <laughs> shit ton, a metric shit ton of layers because like every instrument. Because Jake does all the guitars. He does guitar, bass. He's done uke. He's done mandolin. Um, Steve does the drums. And basically, we've got some guest musicians who yeah. played like Sarah Gleico played flute for us. But Dan synthetically records every other instrument, like yeah. every orchestral swell you hear, every string instrument, like violin. Um, Every brass you hear, that's Dan uh, wow. synthetically layering in all these instruments. And same with the underscore. That's that's pretty, yeah. he, Dan, many, many layers. Dan is a wizard. And like, I, I don't know how you feel about this, though. He's maybe one of the top 10 most impressive people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> I often joke around that we would have gotten about three episodes of this out before yeah. we would have just collapsed if it hadn't been for yeah. Dan. <laughs> yeah. And it's evolved, you know, even the songwriting process has evolved. Like it used to be like, all right, Jake, you're our songwriter. Take it away. Hey. And then like he was doing all the all the demos. And then like like I was like, well maybe I can write harmonies and record the demos for you. Yeah. And then it's like I started writing some lyrics and then Alex started writing some lyrics. And then Dan started writing some songs. And now it's like it feels it feels slightly more manageable. <laughs> right. you, you guys yeah. are not screwing around. I mean, you have such a broad patina of genres that you're mm -hmm. throwing at listeners. I mean, just yeah. totally disparate types of music across the episodes. Right. And they sound yeah. truly like theater productions. Like this is not, doesn't sound like a podcast, right? It sounds like legitimately beautiful, engaging music where all the pieces are there. Thank That's you. Very kind. It's just ridiculous. Well, but it's just ridiculous. I, well, you I, know, it's like yeah, go ahead. it's it's the the audio quality is different than a lot of podcasts for for kind of yeah. two reasons. One is that we are we are fully producing musical numbers, some of yeah. which sound like radio play when you've got those mm -hmm. those songs that the band plays, and then these like musical theater tunes uh, that want to sound like you would hear on a cast recording. Yeah. Um, but then even the the gameplay, like the interplay between us happens at a decibel that you don't hear a lot on podcasts like like there's the sort of podcaster 
uh, timbre. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're kind of like, ha, that's crazy. You know, yeah. we're just like reacting to things as our energetic selves. And it's a very different, you know, audio vibe. I'd say. Right. Of, yeah. Right. Okay. So I think we're going to use Michael going forward. I like his voice better as a partner than yours. Yeah. Just so <laughs> I, I thought you were going to tell me we were just going to cut out the ha, that's crazy. And that's going to be our new intro drop. So that, yeah. Oh, that, well, that'll work too. So, okay, so a very related, and I know, sorry, but I know you've got a bunch, but before we, go farther than this scripting i like like you guys put out your scripts right with these with these episodes but i i i as i'm listening to these or as i was listening to them i got really curious how obviously the numbers are are written but how scripted are the adventures i mean obviously you're you're planning them but how much is organic versus how much is okay follow a script great question yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's basically like any old D&D session, okay. right? Like Mike oh the DM God. has, mm -hmm. um, you know, NPCs and what they say and descriptions of everything. And, um, but then like any dialogue that you hear from the cast is, is all just us just messing around, you know? That's incredible. Because it, it, I mean, it kind of comes across in a positive way as scripted, like it always seems to work. That's yeah. Doze Edit. That's you know? the goal. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal in the edit. And okay. because we record over Zoom, yeah. we capture all the audio separately, right? Yeah. So we're we're not all in one place, like bleeding into each other's audio. So yeah. right. crazy thing happens, group reaction. I can not only isolate a really yeah. funny line that gets buried, but I can like reorder things. Like I can make it like Roscoe oh, reacts, right. Jocasta reacts, Pugface reacts. Right. Mm -hmm. So okay. there's all that sort of zhuzhing, mm -hmm. not only like mm -hmm. cutting out dead air and, and like less funny jokes, but actually like really fine tuning the exact sequence we want to be. So like, I'm sort of, I write a script that's kind of like a choose your own adventure thing. And then I kind of yeah. like make a new script out of the audio we have after we record. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You very much consider your final edit to be kind of like the last phase of your writing that's exactly of, yeah. right that's exactly, and that's that's why I've, I'm, I've always been attached to the what i call the rough edit you know <gasps> which we're all more than happy to just like <laughs> go for it man <laughs> even with our more more oh simplistic I, I leave all the production to jason i just sure. again it's pretty simple yeah yeah who yeah. who came up with and I can't remember what was the the genesis of coming up with the name for the podcast itself because I find that extraordinarily creative. Both Jason and I did. Mm -hmm. So, all honesty, I think I was in episode three before I realized. Oh my god, I know what a mythic thunderlude is. Sad but <laughs> true. It took me three episodes. It kind of yeah. takes till then, story wise. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we kind of like we threw <laughs> we threw a lot of names around. We had yeah. we had everyone in the group, including the players, including Lillian and Leah and Steve, who you hear on the pod. Um, we all came up with what like five or six different names for Each, the band yeah. potentially, and then we all like voted on them. Yeah. And oh, wow. it, nice. It it came down to what? It came down to <laughs> it came down to Mythic Thunderloot, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mystic Thunderlute, yep. uh, mm -hmm. which was in the running for a while. Um, for a while, now this is Edgar's band from his past life, but for a while we were kicking around of actually calling the band Elf Mother. <laughs> um, 
which we we did do. Yeah, we did. Uh, our earliest demo was called Elf Mother. Elf, that would Elf limit Mother. your audience, but I still yeah. really like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, um, what else? What else? Um, uh, you know, uh, some some band names you hear on the show: Necromantica, uh, yeah. they Dismay are so at the Mead Hall were on the table. Two yeah. Dead Kobolds was one. <laughs> I I laugh out loud at the band names when you just like like they're mentioned in passing. It's like, oh yeah, they're famous. Yeah. Names yeah. without quaffs. Names without quaffs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and we just we we voted on it, and we kind of it was a toss up between Mythic and Mystic Thunderloot for a hot second. I we yeah. we yeah. went with Mythic. Yeah. We almost yeah. we almost nixed Mythic Thunderloot because we thought that alliteration was right. going to be right. too much, but ultimately, I think we decided that the Thunderloot itself was in fact more mythical than mystical. Yeah. It's not yeah. not mystical, it, but it, the story know. is a myth. And we yeah. we talked a lot about how like what we wanted the. Uh, title to do we knew it the title of the pod was also going to be the the name of the band yeah mm-hmm. but uh by also naming it after an object in the world of the show yeah. we could evoke loot something you play we get the musical element um mythic we mm-hmm. get this sense of like epic epicness and like thunder yeah. loot mm-hmm. is now like then we get fantasy so like we can mm-hmm. like do a lot of nice. storytelling just in a, a couple syllables you know yeah right right did you pick up, have you, did you expect kind of it to pick up the way it's picked up in terms of people listening and feedback and so on out in the, like in the Twitterverse and, and everywhere else? You might have, I'm not trying to make it sound like, I'm not trying to minimize no, no. it. No, I mean, it was certainly, we certainly hoped it would, uh, but yeah, no, it's been a real, it's been a real joy to have, um, a real joy, a real, real joy to have this crazy little idea that we had that we didn't even know if it would even work and just like, you know, having folks like yourselves just be uh, tickled by it and just having fun with it. And yeah. um, it, the it, world. it uh, bringing joy to someone's day is, uh, is awesome. It's really, and it's such a funny thing because like, I, I don't know that I had a lot of expectation going in about what the response would be. I right. knew at a certain point in production when I was like, Oh, this is really ambitious. This takes a lot of time to make. Like, I was like, I really hope someone fucking listens. To this. <laughs> but then in, in getting the actual feedback, what's cool is like, you see a piece of fan art and I'm like, moved oh my to God. Tears. Oh, cool. like yeah. that was just an idea we were kicking around. And now that moment is captured in someone's, in someone's art or like yeah. someone, someone like did a live tweet of the first episode. And like, those things are just so meaningful because yeah. someone's like, taking the time to get to know it in, in a similar way that we were originally engaging with it, you know? So bef- before we started recording, we were, we were talking with you, Jake, uh, just about the kind of the genesis of, of, yeah. of the, the why behind this. And, and you were telling us how, how, you know, the start of COVID. I mean, I think we've all, you, you guys have lived it. The rest of us have read about just how hard some industries, especially areas like theater were hit and are still mm-hmm. being hit mm-hmm. by the realities of the pandemic. And I'm just curious, and you had said things are picking up now again, as theaters are starting to open, trying to open, but has this, project just as as professionals has this project like helped meet that need like just personally i mean has it helped fill a niche oh yeah yeah i think uh i think this at least for me this got me through some pretty gave me a lot of purpose through some pretty dark spots in the pandemic and just sort of like ugh, who who am i what am i doing uh what do we do next you know yeah absolutely 
there's like there's like the financial uncertainty aspect yeah. of of the pandemic mm-hmm. that I think right. we all feel, but right. there is uh, there is an artistic itch yeah. and and like an outlet that's required if you consider yourself, you know, a full time artist, even if not yeah. like an always paid artist. Yeah. And uh, this became that. I mean, more it became a, a a better outlet really than I ever had had in my life previous because I got to become not just a performer, but a writer and, and yeah. a producer and a, you know, a manager, like it's been cool wearing all the different hats that have come with it. So it like, I feel like the, the artistic level up has been, has been huge, you know? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and nice I felt, D&D I, tie in there with level up. I like yeah. it. I felt pretty good that I got a D&G chord down a guitar and now you're going <laughs> to <if> you know. <laughs> so, so D- six hour dose starters. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, D is hard. You you gotta like scrunch your fingers. It's a really hard. Yeah, you gotta like scrunch your fingers a little. Yeah. But I've but yeah. I've been told if you know these three chords, you could play almost anything. I've learned that that's not true, <laughs> but but they try to get you. That's how they hook you on guitar. Have you um, have both of you and and the troop um, have as we start to resume? I I tell Jason yeah. we're in the twenty sixth month of twenty twenty. Um, (laughs) you know, have you started to see, you know, Jason alluded to this, are you kind of getting back to, to normal work and, and, you know, normal production and so on, even outside of the podcast? Mm -hmm. I know out in the East, it's a little different than here in the Midwest. We see, we see our friends going to some of the shows at the rep here in the city, but so different everywhere. I mean, like, like. Alex, my wife and I were, were working over the summer and fall at Utah Shakes. And it was like one of the only theater companies producing. We're like, theater is back, baby. I feel like there was such a, <laughs> a, a, a naive optimism early on. They're like, it's done. <laughs> you know, first, first like line of vaccines. And then we're like, we're good. And then like things start closing again. And, mm-hmm. and work is, is different for everyone right now. Jakey's doing the play right now in Philly, which is. I am. Super I am. Yeah. But I'll tell you, like, I kind of, I broke up with theater. Uh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of like, okay, that, that, and I'm I'm still not like, I don't, yeah, it's still a thing that I'm like, I don't really have a, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the next thing kind of. So it did kind of change things for me in a very permanent way, as far as how I kind of like look at myself professionally. which I'm still trying to figure out if anybody, yeah, if, yeah. If, if no, and no one knows. Teachers. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. no one knows what the future of theater is. So, like, like right. theater yeah. companies are just as terrified and uncertain as actors right now. So it's right. like we're all just like, is this a career mm. still? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, it kind of remains to be seen. Oh, um, I really hope so. Not to, not to be not to patronize but if something were to happen like that that would be a huge loss just from an arts perspective you know so um i i and to me i use that as a barometer in some way where i'm like okay we're starting to see some sense of normalcy return yeah um but yeah i you know this has you know for me and for Jason, where we're we're busy with other things, and we've somehow figured it out. Figured out that, you know, podcasting is not even close to what you're doing. Takes a little more time than we thought. Um, <laughs> something like what you've done for us has actually allowed us to actually step back from normal life and and listen and love what we did 
before, you know, yeah. Um, BC yeah. before COVID. Right. So yeah. Um, man. But, so, so I, I mean, we're talking to you guys just to switch gears just a bit, but I want to make sure everyone gets their, their due course here. You want to tell us a little bit about the troop as a whole? Cause it, I mean, you guys seem lovely and, and Michael is especially handsome, but you've got, you've got, <laughs> you've got, <laughs> right. Well, that was made clear earlier, but, but there are more. And I'm wondering if you want to, you want to say anything just about the group as a whole, because it, it, from what we've seen online and then listening, it certainly sounds like there's a really interesting mix of backgrounds and specialties. Um, each, each, each one of those characters, right? No one can see my air quotes. Um, it's just yeah. like, it's just so well embodied. Yeah. Yeah. Jakey, do you want to talk a little bit about like the genesis of like you and Steve, like, you know, sure. So, so like your friendship is like, yeah. So like Steve who plays Roscoe Chubb mm -hmm. and I have been friends for a very long time and had a band together in college that was, that played two gigs. <laughs> uh, and then we decided, Oh, this is, this is going to destroy our friendships. Um, and, you know, I uh, have always sort of, uh, Steve went off and, and was in a few bands and uh, I kind of started doing theater and uh, we really kind of wanted to reconnect and have a, a, a project to work on together. So we, we had started, um, oh God, this is probably about three or four years ago at this point, kicking around ideas oh. of making sort of interactive theater pieces based around a band being on stage. We didn't really, we didn't really have like a, a concrete concept because that's yeah. not really a concrete concept, but, um, so, uh, I had sort of been interested in a while of like creating a live D and D musical where people would like play on stage mm -hmm. and it would, uh, sort of, you know, they'd go through a, a certain journey and it would, um, as they got to different plot points in the D and D, uh, adventure, it would, uh, trigger different songs, uh, depending on what they decided to do. Um, and we were kind of starting to kick this around and then, and then COVID, um, no. uh, happened. And so Steve had the idea of what if we do this as a podcast, which, um, actually he had before the pandemic and we really latched onto it because it made our concept of what we were trying to do so much more manageable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we didn't have to rent out a space. We didn't have to like worry about hiring a sound designer and like all that shit that goes along with, with making a play. So, uh, yeah, we, um, we decided to do it as a podcast and then, um, the world shut down yep. and, uh, yeah. yeah. And then we, and then we were like, well, who, who do we know? Yeah who can who's a uh comedic chameleon who could just do tons of different voices and also likes D, D a little bit oh i know dope and yeah. so we and actually yeah. like right before the pandemic hit steve and jake had just taught me how to dm so we all go way back because oh, cool. we went to college together That's right. That's okay right. um yeah. so so we've always been pals so so, so it's like doe do you want to be involved in this thing i'm like definitely and uh, we were also collaborating with our buddy, Jamie Foreman. And the first meeting I had with them, it was Jamie's first and only meeting. And the last thing Jamie said was, I think Doe should like DM this thing. And I was like, okay, I've done literally one <laughs> session, not even campaign in my life. I feel a tad underqualified. Yeah, you'll be fine. 
So then I spent, I spent, you know, months like kind of learning, learning the ins and outs of the game a little yeah. bit and, um, and sort of casting this thing. So then we went to, um, you know, two people from who, who've been dear to me in my life. One is Leah Cotto, who was uh, a couple years below me at UArts, um, brilliant actor. Uh, she was the little red to my Jack and into the woods we had done together in Philly. And she was oh, yeah. just a genius. And um, Alex and I, when we got married, we were doing a production of this play called The Nerd, Larry Shoes the Nerd in Milwaukee. And it's a really ridiculous comedy. And uh, there was this Chicago actor named Lillian Castillo yeah. um, who played, uh, uh, what was her character's name? Clelia Waldgrave. And she had this like, this weird quirk where anytime she was feeling full of rage, she would just wrap a plate in a napkin and smash it with a knife. And it was some of the funniest physical comedy I've ever seen. And she was a big gamer. She introduced me to all these games, like these card games. And we, we talked D&D all the time. And I was like, okay, I'll get them in on this too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're brilliant collaborators. They're great singers. We need people who can bring both. And, uh, and then we were like, this is our, this is our squad. And next thing we knew, um, my wife kind of was like a de facto producer because right. I would just complain about all the shit we had to do. And she'd be like, let me, let me help. Like, let me at least like be a sounding board for the story. Cool. And then you got, just got more and more involved. And then the last piece of it was Dan Kazimi, uh, who's sort of a, uh, a music director out at Milwaukee Rep. He, he does okay. most mm -hmm. things out there and is a really innovative, uh, does really innovative things with sound already. Like um, in 2013, we did a production of Ragtime at Milwaukee Rep, which was the first time Dan created this thing where he recorded half of the orchestra in his studio. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, the yeah, other yeah. half of it was live. Yeah. So he was constantly cueing things to the live orchestra oh and with a foot pedal controlling oh. when, the, uh, when the rest of the orchestra would come in. Yeah. Oh, Insane. that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I knew he had like, like Jake said, wizard-like capabilities. Right. And yeah. we, we very tentatively, Alex and I were like, would you be interested? We need help with like underscoring Jake's feeling like a little like overwhelmed. And like, would you want to maybe come in? And he's like, I've been jealous of this from the start. I want <laughs> in on this thing. And he like joined with a vengeance. He was like, yes. he was, it was going to be all original underscoring that he was going to mix and master each individual one. And he just... He upped our game. Oh yeah, man! Like tenfold. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard, I heard an episode, or at least part of an episode, with Kazimi's underscore, and I just went, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. ha wow, that's it's, what this. Yeah, it's so seamless. I mean, it just—I love listening to you guys. It just you you are fully immersed auditorily, right? Mm -hmm. It's like wherever you are, it's there. It's just it, I was gonna say it's like old time radio, right? But of yeah, course, sure, with, sure. With the and, and I because I love that, but like with but with off the chart production value, right? It's just like yeah. you are immersed in a story. And it's funny, Michael, because because you guys are very, I think, very um not rules light, but mechanics light. Sure. Right. You, yeah. it's, it, I mean, you really seem to let the narrative drive it. And then yeah. just, and then just like, I'll be listening like, huh, are they, are, are, are we, is this radio or is it D and D? And then it's like role perception. And it's like, yeah, yeah. that it You're just, like, oh, there's, yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah, just enough so yeah. that it has, it, yeah. it's, it's still a game. Yeah. The early conversations we had, we were very inspired by this thing called Harmon quest, 
which was uh, an evolution of uh, Harmon Town, which is Dan Harmon's podcast, uh, okay. no longer a thing. They would do D&D sessions occasionally on the show. And then that led to an animated series called Harmon Quest, where that group would gather in front of a live studio audience. Hour long session gets edited down to 30 minutes yeah. and all of their all of their adventures get animated like hashtag goals right in terms of what we're creating i would love to bring this to a visual medium um yeah but mm -hmm. we were like Dan one, thing they really, one thing they really figured out was uh simplified mechanics i mean they literally can't play DD, right for copyright yeah. reasons oh um, right right we learned that wizards of the coast allows podcasts to uh use the name DD as yeah. long as there's nothing pornographic or hate speech uh like yeah. well, involved in it which means we had to go we had to we had to wipe all the porn out of we had we had we to had cut to a go lot through. of porn there's always a trade-off guys you know yeah. you know the game yeah <laughs> so but the one thing they had done really well was simplify the the mechanics it's like yeah. If you're gonna have a dice roll, it's gotta mean something. It needs mm -hmm. to be a yeah. moment yeah. of of theater. Yeah. And uh, and the way I was able to articulate that in building the sort of mechanics of Thunderloot was uh, listener experience above player experience. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's cool. You know. Yeah. An event. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think you've hit it. I think you I think you can do like the live audience thing. You know, you all sit up there and. Yeah. You know, generate your own game and we'll sit in the audience we i met that would be actually a very cool thing you know almost like a script read a live script read that you'll see oh. on some of the shows so yeah, just as an aside that. our you know our production value is is so professional i get i get texts from jason turn down your gain yeah well <laughs> I, 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 that's that's our production value it's better than saying it over the well just, uh, in all seriousness to, to go back to porn for a sec uh, Please. <laughs> so, actually to get a little philosophical it, it's funny you bring that up because in all seriousness uh, and i think this is endemic to the DD community and i think this is endemic to the ttrpg community and obviously has been i say this as an outsider right i like going to theater but no one would ever let me act they made that mistake once in high school uh <laughs> i think obviously endemic to the theater community for so long the the podcast it's it, the the story, the backstory, the dialogue, the characters, it's all so progressive. It's mm. so inclusive. And to me, yeah. that really comes through. Um, I just think in the, in, in the loveliest way, like you listen to these dynamics, subtle and overt. And it's like, that is, it's just so cool. It's such a nice wow. counterpoint to the BS that we have to deal with these days in real society. Yeah, sure. well, that's, so, that's so great, man. Thank you. Um, you know, yeah, it was important. It was important for us to uh, to make sure that it wasn't just first and foremost, it wasn't just a bunch of dudes, right? Um, right. You know, and it wasn't just a bunch of white dudes. Yep. Um, so we have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. As I say this to, to, to poor white dudes, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah there's that, there's that, a, that being that, a goal there's and... a positivity there that I think yeah. people mm. look for more mm. than ever. And I think you yeah. bring that to the table. Mm -hmm. Sorry, oh, Michael, sorry. I was I talked right over you. No, and, and and just like how how we how we have a conversation about things happening today without talking directly about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like how can we put the things in a blender and be like, 
they'll all be a part of this world mm-hmm. but like we don't know exactly how they'll show up and like our story will be totally unique and it's like we don't need to make a a dnd satire like of right. of, of right. modern events right. but like right. we, we can also like acknowledge that right. there's like right. a lot of pain right now and a lot of and a lot of struggles and like yeah. spread joy while acknowledging hard yeah. truths you know what i mean right I would, I would hope just wizards would, if they haven't already uh, have you on their radar in a positive way, I hope they would just because you bring something to the table. And it's, it's funny how mainstream, because we, you've talked matter of factly just about, you know, Michael, you even said you'd learn to DM before you started doing this. So you all <laughs> must've been playing obviously in some form or another, even before you decided to yeah. do the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had played actually, if if I may say, Michael, please. I th- uh, I I think we 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 had played with uh, our friend Scott, uh, who who DM'd a, a, a campaign that Mike and Alex, his wife, who's one of our producers, I don't know we said that yet. We've said that a number of times. Um, and uh, part of the contract. Yeah, um, Alex, my wife is one of the producers. Right. <laughs> Award-winning actor, like Alex. Maybe, this was maybe a campaign. <laughs> This campaign was maybe back in like 2013 i want to say yeah around but it. like there was a number of times in which mike's character who you were playing like what were you playing galapagil of galgar all right noble dwarf of the mountains <laughs> and she was like what was she a dragonborn she was a dragonborn right yeah, well Ga- oh, wow. galapagil and uh, uh julius and julius <laughs> We're teaming up a lot and like sneaking off in the campaign. And, we weirdly uh, <laughs> have to like pretend to be husband and wife sometimes. Like like yeah. it was just our 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 group was such a shit show and like and like we were like always in voice of reason mode. So it just like brought us together. So like when when Alex and I started dating, everyone's like we could tell because of Julius and Galafica. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. Wow. <laughs> The characters gave it away. Life imitates yeah. art. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we played in a number of campaigns together subsequently. Yeah. I had a little homebrew that I was doing. I had a little mm-hmm. Curse of Strahd campaign going for a yep, little yep. bit that you mm-hmm. played in. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Right before the pandemic. And, um, yeah, the pandemic. Everyone's pretty experienced, uh, except Leah's first campaign, which yep. is pretty mind blowing. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Who plays Pugface. And, yeah. and Dan Kazimi. Uh, our that fantastic composer we've been talking about, no D and D experience, loves fantasy. Oh, we but, gotta uh, change that. We gotta change that. Yeah, right. we do. We do. We, we got. We gotta have we gotta some. We, we'll do a little session just. Don't worry. He's not okay. listening over here. You can say whatever you want. You'll just just <laughs> just know that that after after this episode, you will probably get another five five listeners. Ooh. So, yeah. Hell yeah, we'll get, bring them. Because the five that listen to us will come over and listen to you. Come on, yeah, baby. Exactly. Look, we can assure you they're not our wives. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. <laughs> but are your wives producers? <laughs> uh, we have an NDA assigned. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I uh, not trying to ask for spoilers or anything like that. So let me be upfront. Okay. But like, what what can you or might you tell us about what we can expect with season one five? Ooh. Okay. You know, I'm going to give Doe that one because he's the DM and I play. And so I don't really know. Did you plug ears? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Earmuffs. <laughs> right. What can um, you say that won't give it away to Jake then? Yeah, yeah. exactly. This is the perfect mm-hmm. challenge. Um, I can say, you know, in, we 
we hit some things in our mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a pretty wild cliffhanger that I won't say for people who haven't listened yet. Um, that has to be pretty immediately dealt with. And there's sort it's a of big a, problem. It's a big problem. Jake's pretty upset about I'm it. I'm pretty pissed off. Player and, and, and character pretty player upset. and character are both pretty pissed off <laughs> about what's happening here. Um and so I Listen was in just, yeah. I was I was just writing different versions of that very scene today. And <laughs> uh and beyond that, there's a sort of like new quest that sort of gets um proposed in in episode nine through it through the second song of the three songs in the episode um this this new journey that they're uh sort of like embarking on as they as they move through it and like other things happening in in the in the season that are like uh again the in in the finale of the episode there's like talk of uh of a plan the episode is called the plan and um, there's allusions to something that may happen down the road. So you've got like, the, you've got a quest, you've got this immediate problem, you've got something that's been talked off like in the distance that that you can imagine will all sort of like come come into play. Neat. Can't wait. Yes. It's, honestly, I, I'm very tempted on listening just again through. Yeah. Just for the fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just for the fun of it, leading up, just especially once, once it looks like one five is coming out, it's like okay, let's just do this again. Let's yeah. get, let's get you right know, back there. We built this uh, in a way, like we've already said, we're so different from so many podcasts, but like yeah. re-listenability was very much at the forefront of our minds. Unlike okay. like most even actual play pods, we're like we're not gonna just show you like all of our bullshitting around. Like we're gonna we're gonna like edit this tight. So that yeah. you're listening to a little mini audio movie that has yeah. like these songs. And we're also going to drop an album um, in between seasons two of season 1.0 songs. We've got 30 songs. On yeah. this Are album, you really? You know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that can be available on, on Apple music. On, I you know, will on buy that in a heartbeat. Amazing. That, oh my God. Hashtag, that would be hashtag take my money. Yeah, seriously. Right. Yeah. Ser- seriously. I, I, I go around, I listen to a, an episode and I go around humming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I'll just Take I, I write I've yeah. almost spit on my coffee on multiple occasions when you get to this line. I'm like, how are they gonna resolve this? And it's like <laughs> I can't believe they did it. Like you actually went there. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh, so great. Oh. Guys, thank you so much for spending time with us. This is oh my a gosh. treat. My when you when you launch 1.5, we have to have you back if you don't mind. We got oh, heck Absolutely. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, we would love to. Heck yeah. Cool. Awesome. Because no. again, oh, neither man. of us are neither of us are it, listening to you all talk about this. It, mm-hmm. You know, like Jason said, one the I my theater experience was 1776, 30 years ago. So. Oh, <laughs> who'd, you, who'd you play? Yeah. I, I was Lewis Morris, New York abstains Curtis. Uh-huh. That was my line. First time in 30 years, brought it out, brought it out of the brought it out of the cobwebs. Who did so did Steve but, play that part when they did that reading? In college, oh my like, gosh, he may he, have. <laughs> That's amazing. Did Steve play? He might have. Steve might have played that part. Let's say Steve played that part. Yeah, I have that, Were I you have in the that? powdered wig picture somewhere that yeah. I didn't. Hilarious. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you so much again. Uh, just ongoing success. It is just it's such a fun ride to listen to it and be part of this theater audience for you guys and to talk to you and, and hear about how it's done and a bit of its genesis. Truly enlightening. Makes makes us want to. I mean, definite fans makes us want to just be there all the more present for the rest. Super cool. 
oh, and unique. Cheers, guys. And Thank unique. You. And if people are looking for something unique to listen to or something to listen to at all, I listen to it in the family room. And and to help them be well, right? Right. Just spell yeah. some of the darkness right now. This is a perfect antidote to COVID. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Means yeah. The world. Yeah. Seriously. Gentlemen, thank you. Be well. You. Uh, and, and, and may theater open well and safely and soon. Amen yeah, to thanks. That. Appreciate it. Hopefully, um, you heard how dynamic uh, Jake and Michael are. Um, and, and, you know, and just really lovely people, too. Oh yeah. yeah. And this was one of those, I mean, with this, this fit into our other interviews where um, if we hadn't uh, uh, put our big boy pants on and said enough, we have to stop this. Um, you know, it, we could have talked with them for hours upon hours. Just for clarification, Brad. So 20, 20, 27 months into the pandemic. You're still wearing pants? Well, I they're running pants, really. I just was telling well, Ange the other night. I don't think I've worn a pair of, of jeans in two yeah. years. Because so. of all of your running? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, Brad I'm is prepping. a huge runner. Big up, big time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I run. Yeah. yeah. The, the running joke is I run away from cops and two buffets. Yes. So half of that is correct. Me run. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you pick the half. But first of all, I cannot believe we didn't ask Jake about about running for president because I think we could have probably helped him. Jake, if you need help, we're we're happy to help you come up with a yeah. slogan, um, yeah. and I'd vote for you. And Michael, so, I I I wish I would have asked about your research because now I'm even more intrigued. But but I think next we're going to have to, yeah. Yep. And they and they said you know they said they would come back and and yep. again. Demonstrating their um, by, poor judgment. Yes. Yes. By the time this drops, there should probably be some sort of intermediary reunion type of episode yep. or something yep. like you heard them talking yep. about. And once um, once season two has released or begun to release, then we uh we will try to get these these gentlemen back to talk about and just to geek out about what they've done. We have no idea, but but if the production value is even half as good as season one, oh man. Well, and let's, you know, I, we didn't hit on this before the interview. This is the first time you and I have interviewed more than one person mm -hmm. in an interview. So mm -hmm. having Jake and Michael together, that's the first time we've interviewed two or more people at the same time. Yeah, they really didn't and, either of uh, us there. Yeah, no, they, that's what I was going to say is we could have probably said, gentlemen, welcome aboard and have at it. And um, and then yeah. just gone on mute and you would have probably had a much better and <laughs> than listening with us. Yes, I think so. Right. So. That that being said, um, GM Corner. Yeah, let's walk over. What what's been uh, what's been on your either virtual bookshelf, a real bookshelf, or electric? Well, interestingly enough, earlier today. Bookshelf. Oh, there we go. Earlier today, um, it's kind of both. Uh, I have it on my bookshelf, but I was looking at a PDF of it earlier oh, today. By the way. Yeah. Did you get your copy of the Star Trek Players Guide yet? I should hang up on you right now. Okay, just wanted to remember. Okay, just wanted to ask. Go ahead. All right, thanks for that. Now let me just mm -hmm. pull the knife out of my heart and. Oh, okay, now we're better. Earlier today, I was digitally flipping through the um, the West End Games Star Wars Game Master's Guide Second Edition. I oh boy. 
I, I wanted to reacquaint myself with the dice mechanic. So uh, as, as you know, obviously, because we've been talking about it, uh, just, just yesterday as, as we record this, uh, Jim Johnson at Modifius was kind enough to send us uh, the URL to a video in which Chris Birch and some of the developers, the dice mechanic developers from Modifius, back when they when when Star Trek Adventures was fairly new, they they were at a panel, uh, I think DragonCon in London, but don't quote me on that. And yep. they they talk good. They they talked about the history of the two D twenty dice mechanic, and. That was I finally watched that this morning. I had to find some time. And then later today, it just got me thinking about dice mechanics. And I remember loving the old Star Wars system. So I, I, I pulled digitally the Game Master's Guide and, and two things stood out to me, Brad. One, I had to search carefully to find the dice mechanic because back in the back in the rarefied, antiquated days of 1991, um, there was so, or thereabouts, there was very little they had to write about it. They didn't get take, you know, carried away. And so this, you know, this, the, the, the D6 mechanic, I, I forgot how simple and elegant it was and how effective it was. And what really got me going, what jazzed me was uh, rem- reviewing the, specific rules around the wild die which is still one of my favorite mechanics you have you've talked about your gold the gold die you keep on your your yep. desk there, yeah, which right is there. your which, wild which, die. yeah yeah which which inspired that idea but mm-hmm. but just the actual mechanic behind the original so that's that's what i was doing if you will in the gm corner uh the, this week uh it was fun to revisit to to be reminded of just how well that system worked with its multiple D6 and its pips and honestly the wild die, which um which made it just so so fertile for play and 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 to go back and see wow how many other mechanics of different dice types clearly were inspired like like actually being able to go to the that that system and then think about uh, about Jay Little's narrative dice system now with Genesis and see oh you know what for the first time i i clearly see the evolution the connection um, yeah how about oh, you yeah so um what's funny is is that is that we were talking with Jim about this and he he brought up an interesting point cuz originally we were looking at and you've heard us talk about doing Star Trek and Genesis Mm-hmm. Well, the more we dug into the Modifius system, um, the more we realized we didn't really need a Genesis port for it. Um, I'll get yep. back to Genesis in a minute. Yep. But rather than rebuild, um, you know, especially with you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the dice mechanics really grown on you. I didn't necessarily have as big of an issue, but for you, and you, you mentioned this when we were chatting with him in messaging between him and, and us is it was, you know, it was another dice mechanic for you, but as we've talked and gone through this and obviously we are company agnostic, but we're big fans of the product. you know that um, that's another reason he sent us that video. And let's remember the D the two D 20 mechanic comes from the same person who, you know, the original inventor as 
the FFG narrative mechanic. And I love the narrative mechanic. The only thing that that I'm not as big of a fan of is the proprietary dice. Um, you know, for me, having uh, being able to use standardized die, I bought my first metal dice set recently. Um, that to us, um, you know, so ultimately getting back to the point of Star Trek. So ultimately we want to put effort instead of building another RPG game Mm -hmm. around Star Trek. We don't need to, right. We have no need to, we had decided this Jim, no disrespect. We had kind of decided this before, but we appreciate the conversation and we weren't trying to do that to offend anyone at Odiphius or anything, but, um, we talked about this, I think, in one of our previous episodes real briefly. We are going to be looking at writing yeah. um, Star Trek Adventures duets. Yep. So as, in as other mission words, briefs. yes, as mission briefs what, for one game master, one player. We've been talking about lately. Our focus has been where do we want them? Where in the universe, the Star Trek universe do we want that? And I think we've narrowed it down. Um, Jason, you're a little bit busy writing. So this is one of our longer term projects that will take some time because just, just like the first thought process with Genesis, we've been talking about this for what half a year or more. Yeah. And then, then we just, we, we, we self, we self crashed on that one. Right. Um, but you and I talk. So getting back to the GM corner, I still would love to try something with Genesis. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. But I was joking the other night. We were we were talking about Firefly <laughs> on um, on text, and I'm like, "Well, it would be fun. We there are Firefly and Serenity RPGs, but what if it would it be fun to not recreate a Firefly RPG, but have an RPG where you are a captain or a trader or something on the edge of galactic civilization, just trying to survive and not have it within a Star Wars or a Star Trek universe or another one, just a standard universe we would build. So that's something that's on our docket as well. We always tend to, we talk a lot about things and we, we bite off. I'm known for biting off more than I can chew, but first, first, that's just one of our, another future project. We have a couple lists of them. The one we would like to get to as time permits for both of us is the duets. Yes. Um, because we have so much material and I think, you know, you're going to come to find out in future episodes, the player's guide and the game master's guides that Modifius has come out with that I actually have in my hands at home here by my table next. So I can look at them and take a picture of it and send it to you and say, I have it and you don't yet. As you sometimes do. Yep. Um, there is great, but you have a PDF. You bought it with the PDF. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you've yeah. looked through it. So funny aside. Oh, yeah. Oh, my there God. is so much material in those things that we can use and leverage to build adventures. Um, you, it literally turns, folks, the, the material in the player's handbook and, and the game master's book, it, cre- it makes Star Trek the sandbox that you've been looking oh, for. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've already started writing the first one, the first two ends. So, so I should say that first mission brief. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, that's really where my focus has been uh, game wise. It's been a little bit leaner week, but this idea of us doing 
duets. And we're going to have more to say about duet adventuring here in the future. Oh, yes. Quite soon. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Star Trek or other. Yep. But yep. the idea of us um, trying to find some time to do some writing together. Jason's mm-hmm. written for years with colleagues and all that. Because I because I work in a different arena. Jason as, as a doctorate in is a psychotherapist and a leadership professor. There hasn't been a much of a reason for us to cross professionally to write. So we have found a way to write creatively together. So this will be an interesting experiment because I haven't, this is something that's we've known each other 30 years, but we've never gone down this path. So it'll be an interesting adventure. And, 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 you know, we'll, we'll keep you all updated and uh, obviously, and, um, as as perhaps our first set of three of these mission briefs uh, is ready uh we'll we'll link it to the show notes we'll 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 do an initial rollout um you know just just through the podcast and ask for feedback and see what you all think so well, on that note as always we uh we we trust you enjoyed the interview with mythic thunderloot hopefully you enjoyed it half as much as we did cuz those gentlemen were awesome and funny uh be well stay well we will see you next week 